1: super bowl 58 it's a wrap and congratulations to the kansas city chiefs who put on a nail biter of a show eking out a three-point win in overtime wow but for vegas the big question has to be how'd we do Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm joined by executive producer Sonia Cho Swanson to recap Las Vegas's first hosting duties for the big game. It's Monday, February 12th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. So you chose Swanson. We got to watch part of the game together and then went our separate Uh ways. But here we are together to talk about it on CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I got to be honest. I wasn't ready to brave the roads immediately after the game. So I came home to watch the rest of the Super Bowl on my laptop at home.
1: You know, we all know Las Vegas is no stranger to a big influx of people for the Super Bowl. Always packed. Um, But how do you think that being the hosting city this year has Mm -hmm. played out differently than being the world's betting center for the big game.
2: Oh my gosh, the energy difference is so palpable. I feel yeah, just yeah, right okay. the, the level of excitement even amongst locals. I met so many people just like walking around downtown over the last few days who confessed that they themselves were not necessarily football fans, but they were participating in the festivities and the activities and some of the even the brand activations just because it was so cool and exciting to have the biggest media event of, the, you know, of the year of the, in the country right here in our hometown. Um So that energy is different. Um, I also have to share one cool celebrity encounter that I had, which is that I happened to be flying. Oh Oh, yes, you saw this picture. You know what I'm talking about today is that I happened to be flying. I know
1: what's coming. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. I happened to be flying from San Jose to Las Vegas on Thursday, and I got on the plane with the 49ers cheerleaders. Yeah, and I have my dog. Now
1: sad. 49ers cheerleaders, the but they were happy in the moment because they, they did get to happy. meet your dog Harper.
2: They got to meet my dog Harper, and they all just like went nuts over her. So I, I just yeah. that that the plane was just full of really happy, excited people, and I just feel like people brought that energy into the city, and just yeah, it was it was vibrating, thrumming with energy. What What about you?
1: Well, I mean, statistically, I I understand we're only set to get about ten percent more people than we normally do for the Super Bowl. And and here's what I want to say. And, and I actually heard this on the uh, Travis Kelsey podcast because I was trying <laughs> to listen to all things sports. I I am not a regular listener of said podcast, but uh-huh. uh, he said he said to his brother uh, uh-huh. on it, like Vegas was built for the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. and it's true. Um, we absolutely are ready for it. We've always been ready for it. We have plenty of like event spaces to mount really interesting, I don't know what you even want to call it, villages or happenings. Sure. Uh, you went to one at the Link, the big tailgate with I Guy did. Fieri.
2: Oh my yeah. gosh. And I actually, Guy Fieri walked right past me, frosted tips and all.
1: And that energy, you know, was really super, Super Bowl interesting. You know, this was sure. a triumph for Strip City. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I often refer to just the Strip, essentially in the surrounding area. Uh, everyone owns mm-hmm. Allegiance just off the Strip as Strip City. And I think that that's where the stadium is as well. And it's not always like what's good for Strip City is always good for Las Vegas. But I think in in this in this case, it, it, it probably was. That's my takeaway.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can actually think of this. I, mean, I think you've referred to this. I uh, was in an interview that co-host uh, Sarah Loman did with um, sportscaster Brian Salmon recently was that this is going to be a massive advertisement for Las Vegas, the Super Bowl itself, and just all of that, like, incredible B-roll of the city. I mean, this is one of the most watched media events in the U.S. Last year's Super Bowl was only surpassed by the lunar moon landing in terms of most watched TV uh, media programs in U.S. history. So we can only imagine that this year's Super Bowl, with the addition of Taylor Swift, might even surpass last year's Super Bowl. So, like, yeah, I mean, eyes on Vegas are not a bad thing.
1: Except, you know, what were the narratives? And I guess that's the next Mm -hmm. question is, how do you think Vegas got portrayed to the world? Was it Mm -hmm. fair? Uh, Was it our best look? What were some highlights and lowlights of it all?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to say you're absolutely right. 100% it's very strip city. It's entertainment-focused. This was like Vegas showcasing its flashiest, glitteriest self. The sphere Mm -hmm. was on full display. I mean, we had... should I jump into the halftime show? Are you guys ready to ready to talk about halftime show? Should I hold no, on that? No, I want to
1: hold on the halftime show. Okay. Yeah, just let's talk a little bit more about how we were portrayed. You know, um, Elysian Stadium is not the prettiest building in the world. I'm just going to say I mean, that. It's a, it's it, a giant it, Roomba. It's a giant Roomba. People call it the yeah. Death Star. Lovingly, I think it's pejoratively the Death Star. Okay. Um, and it doesn't it, it it doesn't have an open area so you can't really see our beautiful desert sky or our mm. wondrous mountain landscape. But when they did the exterior shots of Allegiant, you did see those beautiful mountains. And yeah. I like when Las Vegas isn't just the b-roll of the strip, but that mm-hmm. you do get to look west to that beautiful mountain range. Yeah. And I, I think that was this beautiful stark contrast to all the glitzy stuff that you're talking about. One exception, though, uh, during that pregame show, they they had this wondrous um, interview that I shared with you uh, with Usher kind of taking a tour of historic west side of Las Vegas and talking about Las Vegas's, mm-hmm. you know, mixed um, history with it, segregation, integration, how entertainers were treated in the past, et cetera. And mm-hmm. it came off to a lot of people as both unexpected and touching. And I, I thought that was, you know, look, would I have loved to have Clay T. White in that interview as well? One hundred percent. She is the expert from our community. Yeah. Usher yeah. is a visitor. But Usher did a very fine job painting the scene of historical Las Vegas in a way that mm-hmm. a lot of people probably didn't know about. Of all mm-hmm. those eyes that were on our city.
2: And I think it's meaningful too. I mean, as we know, this is Black History Month, a chance for us to really focus mm-hmm. on and highlight black histories. And um I think uh Usher was saying that Jay Z gave him some advice before the show as he was planning it. And Jay Z said, Do this for the culture. And if you look at the mm. talent who was in that halftime show, talk about the black excellence in that show. I mean, Will John, Ludacris. I know you and I both scream yeah, when let's Alicia Keys. Into it. Let's- yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about the halftime oh show. Now is the time. Ugh, um, Alicia Keys. People are really loving it. You know, as people listen to podcasts, I'm not the biggest Usher fan. No surprise. Um, there were parts of the halftime show that were awesome to me. Like exactly when Alicia Keys and that long, flowing oh extension off her dress came up. Yeah. And that um, red and
2: piano. Oh, my God. The red goodness. piano. And yeah.
1: Usher showing up on roller skates.
0: The whole friggin <laughs> thing should have
1: been on roller skates. I'm just going to say that right now. That would have been amazing. Uh, yeah. I thought that was wonderful and I thought he did a really good job uh keeping yeah. up on his feet. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was no okay. easy task. That was like during a a wardrobe change. Come on.
2: Right, right, right. I felt like the choreography was more impressive to me than the musicality or the singing. Um, mm. I Usher has an incredible voice, and I felt like that was not the highlight of the halftime show. But I loved that he paid homage to Las Vegas at the very beginning. Remember all those feathers, all those sh- showgirls, the yeah, acrobats, the contortionists, the people on stilts. I mean, it was just... At first, it was just kind of like this, you know this i don't know what to call it like a a variety show of vegas acts kind of, mm-hmm. of all cavorting around usher as he sort of sang his first few numbers on the field
1: which was like interesting yeah. too that he did yeah. this sort of adele slow roll i call it yeah where you start out kind of simplistic and then it gets more yeah. elaborate and then the staging and then the choreography and, you know roller yeah. skates etc and also her showed up uh just wailing on the electric guitar that was kind of amazing
2: amazing yeah and then back to what you were saying about, you know, Usher's kind of nod or, or homage really to like Black history in Vegas. He said during an interview that this was so important for, to, to do this in Las Vegas specifically, looking back to a time when Black performers weren't even allowed to walk through the front doors of the casinos where they were performing. So yeah. to have yeah. Black performers take center stage during the biggest media event of the year in Las Vegas, I mean, in the country, but, you know, specifically taking place in Las Vegas was itself a historical moment.
1: Yeah. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist, Steve Kessler from Aroma. There were a few surprises. Uh, were there any for you on the field or <laughs> n- near the stadium?
2: Okay. I was, oh my God, I'm so mad at myself. I was literally on the road when this happened, but um, our colleague, Sarah, Sarah Loman, texted us and told us that there was a streaker running yeah. across the field womp who womp. got tackled. And then I went back and looked at the videos. Before I and- got his clothes off. Okay, yeah. so that's what I was gonna ask because I looked at the video and I was like, I think these, I think he has pants on. So I don't. Did you see it yeah. in real time, David?
1: Oh, uh, so in real time, the uh, the sportscasters were referenced it but also made a joke that they're not allowed to reference it and so they kept oh. calling him a partial streaker because he <laughs> didn't make it all the way before he got tagged so okay. um yeah uh, so i i knew that it, uh, it had happened but they weren't going to officially pay any attention to it they don't want to fuel okay. those type of fires
2: makes sense you know another kind of surprise uh for me was just how integrated Spongebob was into this game. So I don't know if you saw, but did I you? I didn't. You...
1: I mean, I did not I didn't. I saw it on social media, but I was watching CBS and not Nickelodeon. Oh, so maybe okay. explain what Nickelodeon did okay. with Vegas.
2: Okay. So this was actually kind of a first because it's the first time the Super Bowl was co-broadcast through um, a Nickelodeon... I don't even know what to call it. Like they had Nickelodeon sportscasters, including the voice of SpongeBob and the voice of um what's that pink Patrick
1: guy? Patrick, the starfish. The voice
2: thank you, the voice Patrick. of Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Um, and it was sort of like a kids oriented commentary of the game. They had like really funny graphics that would go on the screen. Like they would put like a you know bubble over one player's head and they would have like, you know, clams shooting green goo over the field when there was a touchdown. I watched it for a little bit because I was like very curious. Um, it was actually highly yeah. entertaining. I was yeah, keeping an was eye like- on
1: memes or, you know, just social media posts. Uh, yeah. From Nickelodeon, to the extent that, you know, I remember to look and the, the, of course, the one that made the most impact. Nickelodeon had Travis Kelsey and identified him as Taylor Swift's boyfriend.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about the sphere? Any any sphere stunts?
1: You know, it was interesting. They they uh, they showed the, the Thunderbirds who were doing a flyover uh, with an American flaggy, motif kind of spinning around and that looked pretty impressive and they were showing the score there but i didn't really see anything else that jumped out
2: well you know our producer Layla did send me a tweet and there was a beyonce ad in which beyonce apparently trying to break the internet per the you know conceit of the ad is shown on the sphere and says something about being on the sphere and so fans are like is Beyonce announcing a residency at the Sphere? And
1: oh, I mean, right. that would That was break... a commercial. Yes, it was a commercial, yeah.
2: That which which I mean, is not obviously fact or journalism or truth, but would collectively break the world's mind. So yeah, just yeah. saying, Beyonce, please come do a residency at the Sphere, please.
1: Well, I mean, she was at the Super Bowl. Uh, we did see a picture of her there in Jay-Z, uh, but we also saw a lot of cutaways to oh, yes. Taylor Swift. In oh, yes. Various <laughs> states of uh, anxiety and joy, uh, yeah. including like slamming beers with her bestie, Blake Lively, uh, which was Good totally for funny. Her. Like, yeah. yeah. Video of her chug a lugging a beer and then uh-huh. slamming it down on the table, uh-huh. uh, winning hearts across the country.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I guess the question on that one is after all the hubbub, how would you rate the Taylor Swift factor?
2: You know, they didn't actually showcase her quite as much as I thought they might. Um I felt like we, we panned to her like maybe twice a quarter it, on average it seemed like it, they weren't trying to like really overdo it. Um but I think that they were aware of the Taylor Swift factor and then of course post game there was that super long, you know, sequence of her and Travis Kelsey just kissing and hugging and just being overjoyed and in love, which was, I mean, endearing, totally endearing.
1: Get a $2.5 million room.
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) Go back to the suite.
2: Yeah, yeah. But the thing that I thought was interesting was seeing some of the ads that I didn't expect to be aired during the Super Bowl, which were very clearly geared towards women. So for example, one of the ads was an ad for like a menopause medication And another ad was an Mm. ad uh, for Dove that was about, like, girls in sports. And so maybe they were kind of looking at the Taylor effect and thinking about all the women who might Mm. be watching the game who weren't watching before. I don't know. What do you think? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that those marketing people sort of know what they do, mostly. I was disappointed that there were not more Vegas-based commercials. There were a few, you know, betting app ones. Uh, and then the uh, CBS pregame did a like a four-minute movie that was essentially a parody of The Hangover with all the hosts of the pregame show, which to me is a wont wah I mean, that's kind of played out. You know,
2: we did have... Um... That uh, a couple of Vegas-based commercials, though, including, including, David, your beloved Circus Circus, that was kind of a fun commercial. Did you like it?
1: locals commercials, yeah. I also liked, I liked the public service commercials that were airing as well. I liked the one for Mm -hmm. CASA, and CASA is the Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children in the Family Court. But yeah, so as far as the advertising went, I think on a national level, kind of like, eh. Didn't didn't, didn't sure. use our city as well as it probably could have.
2: I would have loved to see more of Vegas in the national commercials, but,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Could have been, mm.
2: yeah. Oh, well, missed opportunity. Think about it next time advertisers. Um, yeah. Okay, here's my question for you. This is the big money question, David. Yeah. Because F1 was just a few months ago. How do you think Super Bowl, yeah. you know, Super Bowl 58 compared to F1?
1: Um. However mixed the reaction was after F1, I will say this, that Mm -hmm. almost universally after the Super Bowl now, everyone has changed their mind about F1 and everyone says F1 sucked compared to Super Bowl. In other words, even those who were sort of defending the feel goodness of the city after F1 was completed are, are, are kind of been... Um, muted out now or, or or overshadowed, at least by people who are like, Super Bowl is how you do it. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of good tidings. I think that not just the events that were occurring in and around Allegiant and up and down Strip City, but plenty of stuff, again, because we are used to the Super Bowl and then we just got that, like, you know, supercharge because mm-hmm. it was actually here, that mm-hmm. the whole city participated. Uh, and also, people were pointing out that it's just so much more accessible, and it's always been a bigger event, and it's always yeah. been a bigger event in the community. And mm-hmm. so, people comparing, you know, the feels after Super Bowl versus the feels after F one are essentially saying the same thing that I think. There's just no comparison.
2: Yeah, yeah. Plus, way less traffic. Oh my god. Well, I actually. Uh, I pick- yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That too. That too. Yeah. And they didn't have to <laughs> shut the the city down for. You know, six to nine. Totally.
2: Months. <laughs> totally. For a sport that like a fraction of the population understands, you know? Um right, the um right. the, the funny thing, the other I was like picking up a friend from the airport on Saturday night, and like I was looking at my map and then and Google Maps said to take I-15 north. And I was like, Are you sure Google Maps? Like, that's going right past Allegiant, like Saturday night. Are you sure? And yeah. we, we gambled and we took it and traffic actually flowed. It was fine. It was totally
1: fine and
2: not a nightmare. So honestly. From a local's perspective, yeah, if you yeah. can get through the city, I give that already 10 points. And
1: I will tell yeah. you this, I just to, just to kind of check it out, Sunday morning of Super Bowl around 8:39 o'clock, started at the stratosphere, went all the way down to the Las Vegas sign, mm-hmm. and it was in my opinion what a Sunday morning looks like after any really busy Saturday night. I think it was like maybe yeah. 15 minutes to get from top to bottom. Yeah. And so that was interesting to me, too, that, like, we definitely knew how to deal with this. And yeah. uh, in, the, in, in in a lot of people's view, uh, it, it, it makes sense that it was here all along. And, and the NFL's resistance to doing anything Vegas related because of the mm-hmm. betting and the gambling and all that stuff was really mm-hmm. misplaced.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Total 180 now.
1: And, you know, despite the fact that we had to contend with lots of bad Las Vegas based puns and gambling (laughs) jokes by broadcasters (laughs) oh that's a real gamble probably the biggest gamble ever in vegas and oh he bet it all on that one and blah 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 blah.
2: travis kelsey singing viva las vegas at the Uh. very end of the game did you not like that
1: that's why you... I hate that. No, I hate it. I hate it was too much. Too much. Viva Las Vegas. I mean, Viva Las Vegas is just an obvious trope, and it's not the greatest song. I'm sorry,
2: but it was uh, a I nice just... shout out. It was a nice shout out to our city. I like,
1: guess I thought I'm it always was going to be cynical about it. I, I know. Guess. Here's what I
2: liked about it. I felt like it acknowledged our city's role in the successful execution yeah. of this incredible feat, this incredible game. So that felt like a great, a nice nod. But it's
1: all people I say. Know. Yes, I get it.
2: Yeah. You're right. Okay. Diversify
1: yes. your repertoire of celebratory Vegas exclamations.
2: Okay. Next year. And others. Next year. We'll get well, them to I say mean, something else.
1: <laughs> you know, next year we're not getting the Super Bowl, but I don't know, Sonia. I, I, I think, and I'm mm-hmm. going to say this as the most cynical person who doesn't believe any of the numbers or the hype uh, <laughs> almost ever about yeah. anything. I think there was enough of a net positive of having the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas that we should really push for um, Las Vegas becoming the permanent site of the Super Bowl for at least, say, the next five years.
2: I think that's a great idea. Um, I will also say I feel like it's not just how Vegas did in terms of the actual game within Allegiant Stadium. It's about how our city did overall, hosting nearly 500,000 people in our city, regardless of whether they actually got into the stadium or not. Right. And. My husband who is an avid, you know, football watcher has said that so far everything he's seen online about the fan experience in Vegas has been overwhelmingly positive. People have really loved coming to our city for the Super Bowl. And so yeah. that in itself is something really meaningful too is that we did a great job showing people a good time.
1: Let's not let's not completely whitewash it. Okay. Like there seems to be a lot of surge pricing that was happening, okay. a lot of people taking advantage of all those people kind of trapped in that area. And of course, you know, car traffic sucks during mm-hmm. big events anyway and this was no exception that during the actual event itself or the various events. Strip traffic was horrendous.
2: Sure. But, but, man, wouldn't it be nice if that monorail, you know, went all the way down to Allegiant Stadium? Wouldn't it be nice if we had...
1: Wouldn't it be nice if the Las Vegas Strip was um, pedestrian-friendly and cut off from most cars?
2: Oh, man. Wouldn't Hmm. it be nice? Hmm.
1: Let's just also add in that it was a heck of a game. And for Vegas's first time hosting, we oh definitely right. had a great game to say happened here with oh all God. sorts of crazy records, although mostly field goal oriented records, <laughs> but a change of the leads and then an exciting end. Uh, you can't ask for more. That's what Vegas delivers. And we certainly did it this time.
2: Edge of my seat the whole time, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So, David, I don't know. Is it safe to say that Las Vegas won the Super Bowl this year? Can we say that?
1: Las, Las Vegas was the true winner of the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I, I think I there's still going to gonna be it. haters, there always are, but this year I'm not part of that group. I say, um, viva los Super Bowl.
2: David, I love to hear this lack of cynicism. More of this, please.
1: <laughs> I'll try when it's warranted. I I celebrate our city as much as I like to analyze it. Sonny Cho Swanson, great talk about Super Bowl 58.
2: Thanks so much, David.
1: That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, you know the drill. Tell your friends, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky.